speaking the truth to the state capitol. This is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome to the show. I'm your host for today's show, Doug Fitzgerald, filling in for the commander. He'll be back on Thursday. It is 91. We heated back up, Johnny, into the 90s. Yesterday was beautiful outside, so uh, get out there and enjoy the weather. We're going to heat back up into the hundreds, it looks like, by the weekend. So, um, Johnny Cadillac's producing the show, as he always does. Johnny, thank you so much for that. I know you're going to be doing some work uh, tom- on tomorrow's show. Yeah, no, it's... I, I want to say it's a Johnny Cadillac show, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> you got to uh, run that by the commander first. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to take credit for his show, but I will be in here in studio putting together some best of clips of the commander. So, uh, commander will not be here tomorrow, but you, the listeners, will still be able to hear his voice. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be good. I've got a uh, uh, convention that I'm doing a keynote at tomorrow afternoon, so I won't be here for the show. And I've got to say it. I've got to say it right now, Johnny. Tomorrow, uh, my wife and I are celebrating our 31st anniversary, so we're excited about that. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary in advance. You know, Thank you. On my birthday, you told me happy birthday on there air day in advance. True. So here we are, a day in advance. Happy anniversary, you're Doug the, and Tammy. You're the first one. Yes! So thank you for that. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to do keynote, and then we're going to go celebrate tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow night, and enjoy our time together. So, Well, I tell you what, a lot has transpired over the last 24 hours since we closed out the show yesterday. Obviously, President, uh, former President Trump, his home in Mar-a-Lago, uh, has been raided, obviously, by the FBI. That's been covering the news all day long, apparently to retrieve some apparent classified documentation. Um, unprecedented move in American history. We've got an acting president investigating a former president uh, who's going to probably be his running you know, opponent. And so a lot of dynamics going on there. And then President uh, Biden in that White House today said that they didn't know technically about the raid, but they obviously didn't say that if they didn't know anything about it in general. So, you know, I'm sure they're mincing words and trying to play that. The morning raid was early. Um, Trump's attorneys obviously weren't allowed to be in, which is a whole nother question that people are asking right now. And of course, obviously, um, the Dems don't want him to run. So they're trying to make anything stick and nothing has been at this point. So anyway, obviously at KLM will be be covering that story um, as it continues to unfold as we go. Also yesterday, Governor Ricketts came out and said that the Speaker of Nebraska's legislature, Mike Hilgers, informed him that 30 state legis- uh, senators uh, agreed to return for a special session uh, regarding the abortion legislation, but three senators were going to not be there. They're going to be three senators shy. They need 33 to break filibuster. So it looks like at this point there's not going to be a special session, but I'm sure in 2023 uh, when the session opens back up, that's going to be one of the top issues that they're going to talk about. And because of these issues coming out the, the last 24 hours or so and looking at these topics, we're honored to have a guest in studio that can really address some of those, and I'm excited to be able to talk about those. Uh, we have State Senator Rob Clements. Is that right? Yes. I did it. I pronounced it right. I was working all week long to pronounce it the wrong way, and he corrected me. So uh, Rob Clements is on the show. He's going to join us for the full hour, and uh, we're just going to talk everything uh, in regards to his life and how he's serving uh, the state in the legislature as senator, and we appreciate you being here. So, Senator, thank you so much for coming on Drive Time Lincoln. Thank you, Doug. Absolutely. Glad to be here. This is your first time, I, I hear, on radio. Yes, um, this is my sixth year in the legislature, but my first radio live interview. 
Well, this is good, and and you're going to be reaching Lancaster County and uh, and a portion of of Lincoln that are your constituents. We're going to talk about the redistricting of your district. You serve District Number Two uh, here, yes. and we'll talk about just kind of what that all entails. But before we do that, let's for people who don't know you, let's talk about your story. How did it all begin, and then ultimately, how did it lead you to becoming a state senator? Well, it goes back quite a ways. Yeah. I'm from a pioneer family. Uh, my great-great-grandfather um, was born in England, came to New York, and then after the Civil War in 1868, decided to be a homesteader mm. in Nebraska. So he came to the area where I live, Elmwood, eastern, western Cass County, in 1868. And then my great-grandfather, my grandfather, my father, all grew up in Elmwood. So I was um, raised in Elmwood, born in Lincoln, and uh, went to high school there, graduated from high school, and then uh, came to the university. My, my, our family uh, runs the bank with the small town mm-hmm. banking family in Elmwood as a uh, grandfather, my dad, and myself. Um, I've worked in the bank there 40 years now. But after high school, uh, went to the university and majored in math. I like numbers. Yeah. And uh, also had a minor in actuarial science. So I became an actuary in Kansas City for an insurance company um, for about five years. Then came back as my dad was going to retire and worked with him. So I've been in Elmwood, living in Elmwood and uh, in the bank uh, for a little over 40 years. Uh, During college... Um, I also was a member of the Cornhusker Marching Band. Were you? I'm the only state senator that's a band alumni. Really? What in, what instrument? Did Trumpet. You play? Trumpet. Well, then you know Chris Lofgren. He was part of the cheer team. Oh, for a long time. Okay. So we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to have Chris pop on in and say well, hi about that. I enjoyed so. the Cornhusker Marching Band. Yeah. I was in that for three years and. Um, Two of those were national champions, the nice, 70 yeah. and 71 season. Oh, wow. Those were the, I mean, those were like, those were the awesome years then. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was fun. It was a lot of fun, and I still enjoy playing the trumpet. I uh, uh, play at church some, mm-hmm. and also uh, I play with the Elmwood American Legion. Oh, nice. I play taps for memorial services, Memorial Day and honorary services. Mm-hmm. I have done that. Uh, since about sixth grade, over 40 years. Yeah. And I um, wasn't a military veteran. The Vietnam War was going on when I was in college. I missed the draft by three months. It was ended before I was going to be drafted. I really appreciate all those guys that went in my place. Yeah. And so I do my part to honor them uh, by playing taps when mm-hmm. they pass. So how did you, you got appointed then to, um, to be state senator by Governor Ricketts. How did that all come about? Yes, well, uh, first I need to mention that uh, during college I got married. Yeah. My wife, Peggy, also comes from Elmwood, and we dated for several years, and we got married in December 1972. We will be married 50 years this December. You've got us beat by a few. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but happy anniversary Thank to you. you. Thank you. But um, so I've just doing been doing the banker thing and yeah. also some insurance and tax preparation because I like the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2017, a senator resigned from District 2, and uh, the governor was looking to appoint someone. And uh, of the, all the applicants, uh, nobody uh, 
he didn't pick any of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I had told my wife, I'm too busy, and I'm not going to apply. In fact, on a Wednesday, I told the bank employees, I'm not putting my name in, but if the governor calls, I'll speak, speak to him. Ha ha. <laughs> well, then Wednesday morning, the phone rang. Really? At the office, and uh, somebody wanted to interview, a lady wanted to interview me, and uh, for about an hour, asked me different questions about um, policies and my beliefs, and she said, I think the governor would like to speak with you, so she said he'll be there in Elmwood at 3.30. Oh, wow. That was quick. Yes, I went home for lunch, and uh, I told that lady, I'm going to clear this with my wife first. Uh, I'll need her support before I agree to be a senator, and I came home, and I said, "Uh, something could be happening this afternoon, Peggy. (laughs) Uh, Would you support me if I'm a senator? And she said, Yes, I think it's a God thing. Mm. And yeah. so um, we did feel that way. And the uh, governor came and interviewed me and asked a lot of questions about policies, you know, raising taxes and gambling and marijuana mm-hmm. and uh, different death penalty and a lot of issues. And I evidently passed the test because she said, I'd like to, this was Saturday afternoon. He said, you'll be sworn in Monday. You're voting Tuesday morning oh, at wow. 9 a.m. And that was uh, my uh, training was just dropping in, <laughs> sitting behind Senator Chambers. Wow. So that was, uh, that was a quick whirlwind. Did you, before that time, did you ever have aspirations for running for political office? No. I, I've been active. I'm a Republican. I was active in the Republican Party in right. Cass County. I was the, the county chairman for four years. I paid attention to politics. But in the small town business, I did banking and insurance and tax preparation, uh, pretty busy uh, doing that and would support candidates, but uh, didn't really uh, think I had time outside of that. Plus, we had uh, ended up with five children, two boys and three girls, and they're they're all married, but raising five children was also yeah. uh I thought it was a, a duty for a parent to be involved in their lives and their activities. And so that uh, probably was the reasons that I didn't run for an office. Right. I, I've i always had aspirations to run since I've been a kid. My wife told me, though, um, not until our kids are graduated high school and out of the house. Then maybe we can consider that if it's a God thing, like you said. How important is, is it to have your wife's support through this whole process? I mean, basically, because it's been, what, six years now? This is my sixth year. Yeah. And I've said many times, if she uh, quit supporting me, I, I would not want to be doing this. Right. Uh, her support is you know just precious to me. I can come home and uh, complain a lot about what happened at the <laughs> legislature today, and she listens, but still supports me. And uh, she spends a lot of time alone uh, when you know the days are long right. during session. So she has a lot of alone times. A lot of times when I get. Uh, at a last-minute meeting in the evening, and she has supper prepared, and I call at 8.30 and say, I'm done with that meeting, and she says, oh, I had chicken cordon bleu fixed for you tonight, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, then never says another thing about that. It's just very uh, priceless to have that kind of support. Yeah. Well, it is 5.19. We're talking with Senator Rob Clement. 
Clements, right? Clements, I'm still trying to get this because I practice. I literally practice for weeks uh, on Drive Time Lincoln 1499.3. Let's talk about the districting. Um, your district was uh, redistricted just a little about a year ago, and now it includes a little sliver of Lincoln. Tell us uh, what the geographic area that your district covers, and then how Lincoln got to be a part of that. Yes, well, District 2 has always been all of Cass County, and uh, when I was appointed, then it was southern Sarpy County, the Springfield area, up to about Highway 370, and then about a fourth of Nebraska City. Um, But with redistricting, they have, each senator now needs to represent 40,000 people. The senator in Odo County needed all of Nebraska City to qualify, Mm -hmm. and then Sarpy County had over 40,000 new people in the last 10 years, so there wasn't ability for the existing senators to use up all of those numbers, so they put a new district and moved from out west. Sarpy got a new district for 40,000 people, and unfortunately, western Nebraska lost 40,000 people, so they couldn't support a senator, and so we... uh, they needed Sarpy County, so they said, you got Cass County, that's 26,500 people. You need about 14,000 more. So they started looking, and Lincoln has grown also, um, so the existing Lincoln centers couldn't absorb all of the growth. And so uh, they started coming in, mapping uh, to 84th Street from Van Dorn North to Alvo Road, and then they needed a little bit more than that from 70th and A over to, excuse me, 84th and A over mm-hmm. to 70th and A down to 70th and Van Dorn and out to 84th and Van Dorn, the Trendwood area. And that gave me 14,000 people um, and made my quota for the 40,000. That's what I, so it's eastern Lancaster County north of Van Dorn. What's it like campaigning when you have to cover that amount of geographic area and a lot of it being rural? Is it difficult? Well, yes, it is. You uh, try to go to as many parades and right. uh, city Which you've done. community festivals, right? We, we do at least nine of those now. I had 14 before. Mm-hmm. So, um, and campaigning, uh, try to do meet and greets with people and meet with uh, other officials try to just go to as many meetings as we can, and then we do uh, mail pieces for the primary this year. We sent out mailers specifically to the Lancaster County people introducing me as their new senator. All right, let's uh, let's start uh, digging into some topics and some work that you've done because there's a lot of areas that you are very passionate about that you've been working in and getting a lot of um, results in. Obviously, the Supreme Court uh, reversed Roe v. Wade and declaring that the constitutional right to abortion no longer exists and puts that back on the um, responsibility for the states uh, to make that decision. And uh, Governor Ricketts came out uh, yesterday and said that there wouldn't be enough to hold enough senators to support holding a special session. Uh, Where do you stand on abortion? And then how do you fit in with this whole process uh, in regards to the state level and what you would like to see done? Well, when the governor interviewed me, he asked me if I was pro-life, and I did tell him I believe life begins at conception because I believe you have a new individual life that has a different DNA from the mother. And so I did vote yes for LB 933, which was a trigger ban to ban abortion if Roe versus Wade was rescinded. 
um, but that was when we had only 31 votes. I did sign the letter. The governor, the, the speaker, um, asked us if we would sign a letter for a 12-week ban, and I did sign that. Um, but it, unfortunately, we only had 30 senators do that, and so the, the governor didn't want to call us for a special session if we weren't going to be able to pass the right. bill. So you'll most likely be taking this up then in 2023 when the session begins. Um, what would you like to be, see done in regards to Nebraska's law regarding abortion? Well, I would vote, probably would vote for a ban, but with exceptions for uh, the life of the mother. If a doctor has a um, medical reason mm -hmm. that the mother's life needs to be saved, uh, that definitely needs to be accepted. Um, We've had a lot of questions about in, ver in vitro fertilization, the IVF procedures, and that is uh, one thing that I would uh, also make an exception for because it's not really an elective abortion as people trying to have children. And uh, those were, you know, those are the two of the items. Uh, it's going to be the biggest question is whether rape and incest will be an exception or not. And uh, I, I would vote for a bill that accepted rape and incest, but um, we need to discuss that, how it would be. If, if we do accept, make an exception for rape, I'd like to see a police report being filed. Mm -hmm. And just have a good civil conversation and debate about it. Yes. So um, that'll be coming up. We've got a lot more to talk about. You're involved in several other pieces of legislation in regards to um, voter safety and ID, uh, uh, working with law enforcement, and so many other things, uh, and election security as well. So we'll talk about those things when we, ha when we have you back in the second half of the show. So, again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're talking with Senator um, Clements uh, in, in, here in Lincoln uh, in the District 2, and uh, we appreciate his time. Here he's going to be here for the whole show. It is five twenty-five, and you're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on fourteen hundred and ninety-nine-three KLIN. You're getting the four one one from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on fourteen hundred and ninety-nine-three KLIN. Well, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln five twenty-nine. Thank you so much for joining us on your drive home today. I'm filling in for the Commander, and I'm Doug Fitzgerald. Well, we're uh, joined by State Senator Rob Clements. I got it right that time in the studio, and he represents District 2. He's going to stick around for the second half of the show. Yesterday, we had a great show. We interviewed Jill Smith from Union Bank. They talked about the Big Give campaign. Unbelievable. They're giving away $100,000 to 10 nonprofits in Lincoln and Lancaster County. If you want more information about that and how you can vote for uh, your nonprofit that you want to support, you can go to KLIN.com. Voting starts on August 12th, and um, they, I think they announce them in September. So just a great uh, uh, project by Union Bank. We really appreciate them uh, joining us and helping us get the word out uh, and partnering with us as well for the Big Give campaign. And also there's the Vacation from Inflation Sweepstakes. It's your chance to win $5,000. If you want to learn more about that, all you have to do, again, is go to KLN.com and have your chance. Register by August 29th. All right, we'll be joined by the Senator uh, from District 2 in our next segment. And until then, we're going to hear from Fox News and then KLIN News with Tom Stanton. You are listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, thanks again for dry, uh, joining us on your drive home today. It's 537. I am Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander. He's going to be back again on Thursday. It's 90 and sunny out, so a great evening out there. Chris Lofgren just came in and gave me a late-breaking uh, traffic update. 84th and Pioneers, there is a stalled vehicle in the intersection, so we want you to be careful of that uh, area. 84th and Pioneers. Well, we're speaking with Senator Rob Clements, I got it right again. I'm just we're just gonna we're just gonna joke. I said I want to call you Senator Rob for the rest of the show because I, I, I I'm having this brain block in there. But he's from District Two. He's joining us on the show for the um, for the rest of the the second half here, and we want to dig into some more uh, political topics, if you would, Senator Rob. Uh, the first thing we want to talk about, and you've been involved with this, is, is election security. I know you've been looking at different ways to protect drop boxes. We're looking at getting uh, potentially voter ID on the ballot for. November. So yes. let's walk through this whole process. Where are you at in regards to election security and what areas have you worked on? Um, election security has uh, been a hot topic since the Trump election of November of 2020. And there was a lot of reports from other states that there was some um, possible illegal activity. And I was just concerned that Nebraska, uh, one vote, you know, one person, one vote yeah. would count. And if if people aren't uh, feeling like their vote counts, they may not vote. And um, I wanted to make make sure that they do. So I do support voter ID. The uh, petition drive got 172,000 signatures. They needed 124,000. It hasn't been announced, but I expect it to be on the November ballot for the the voters to decide for Nebraska with voter ID. And they need 124,000 verified voters, correct? And yes. that's what they're waiting for. And when is the deadline for that? I believe September 1. Okay. That's what I recall. Um, then as far as election security, I've worked with uh, Secretary of State Evanen and, uh, to see what I could do. And um, I did introduce two bills uh, with working with him this year. One was on ballot boxes mm-hmm. there there were ballot boxes even in lincoln that we didn't feel were that secured and uh, we wanted to uh, secure them better and so the bill says the ballot box has to be bolted to the ground uh, only one key the election commissioner has the only key and the the location of every ballot box in the state needs to be re- reported to the Secretary of State so they can go inspect them. And they need to be uh, emptied every day. And 
those were the main items of that bill, and it did pass. The other bill was on private money coming in to fund elections, and mm-hmm. there several states around the country had some private money that came in, and uh, that was one thing that put extra ballot boxes around in different areas. And I think um, that we should only use government dollars for election commissioners, and so we did restrict uh, the private funding. It's only going to be government money that funds elections, and that also passed. Yeah, that's a lot of work, and it's important. To me, I, to me, it's important. I don't understand. I can never understand why why we can't verify the people who are actually voting that it's them. I mean, voter ID to me, voter ID to me is very black and white. I mean, it's like, you, and in in our day and age today, it's not hard to identify a person. I mean, that's that's a very simple uh, process, and we, you know, we have ways to be able for people who don't have a technical, maybe official ID, we have ways to easily allow them to have one so that they can vote appropriately. Yes, and in the bill, the legislature will give the details, but I'm sure that we'll. Um I'll support giving a, a free ID to somebody that doesn't right. have one. We don't want to charge them, make it a, an expense to vote. But And we'll also be creative on uh, if you have a mail-in ballot. We're not going to eliminate mail-in ballots, I don't believe, but we may ask for a photocopy of an ID to be sent with it. Right. Um, I'm not sure what the details will be, but they'll still be... Uh, a lot of states have already adopted voter ID, and it's not been a hardship in any other state that has been reported. So that, uh, so if you get enough signatures for that, that would be on November 8th election. Yes. Then. All right. All right. Uh, well, in April, you and your colleagues work with the governor uh, to get some pretty solid tax relief, tax relief to the citizens of Nebraska. I think LB 873, which um, is a lot of tax relief that you've been working on. What are some of the, of the specifics of savings that we're going to get as citizens of the state? Well, I've been glad to be able to do that. Nebraska has been known as a high-tax state. Yes. Those are people I go door-to-door. Their property tax is high. Income taxes in neighboring states are lower. And um, the state revenues were very good this last year, and mainly because Governor Ricketts did not shut down Nebraska businesses uh, for COVID. Right. He, he was very careful about that, and so our business kept running and um, made money. And so the... Uh, Tax package had three parts to it. The first one was the state income tax. Our rate has been 6.84%, well above neighboring states, and it will go down to 5.84% over five years, graded graded down gradually. And then the next one, uh, we tax, we've been taxing Social Security benefits, and the bill will exempt 40% of Social Security for 2022. And then 60%, 80%, 100% exempt in the, the next three, in the third year. And so we will not tax your Social Security benefits. I think that's so good. And we already did military retirement a year before. So military retirement is 100% exempt. That's good. Which also um, puts us in line with other states. Then the third item was on property tax. We were able to, in 2020, have a really good property tax bill. And it has ended up generating $548 million of tax credits, which has been, it's related to the, how much you pay your school taxes. You got 25.3% of your school property tax back on your state tax return 
in 2021, and you'll get that again in 2022. And that uh, figure wasn't locked in. It was potentially going to drop. And so what we did was uh, make $548 million the base. And in the future, as property valuations statewide increase, that credit will increase. So if all the valuations in Nebraska go up 4%, the $548 million will go up 4% to try to keep people uh, in line with inflation and uh, give them a credit for the school tax they pay. It's a way for the state to pay more of, of education, which our Constitution says we will provide a free education from age 5 to 21. And so the state uh, senators decided that that would be a way that we could add more uh, relief mm -hmm. from uh, property tax. Yeah. When I met you for the first time a couple of months ago, I asked you a question. I don't know if you remember this, but I said, is it still possible to be able to work with people across party lines to really get some good, meaningful legislation passed that really helps the citizens of the state? And you did. You said, yes. And I've got a great example of that. And it was a bill that you were actually working on in regards to state inher inheritance tax that passed. Uh, tell us about that. Yes, well, Nebraska is one of only six states that has inheritance tax, and and Iowa is grading theirs to zero over the next five years, so it'll be only five states, Nebraska, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey, and so we're going to be all by ourselves on an island taxing people's inheritance, and it's chasing people away uh, at retirement. Their estate planners are saying, uh, get out of Nebraska before you die, and so we, we need to attract people and keep people here rather than encourage them to leave. So the inheritance tax, um, I had a, it got a reduction of 15% of the collections, a small amount, mm -hmm. and that I was wanting more, but that's what was able to be passed, and so I was pleased to be able to give some relief as it, the rate has changed the same the last 13 years, but asset values have increased over that period of time, so the amount of tax paid has been a big increase um, where the uh, localities, the, the counties that, who get the inheritance tax didn't have ability to raise, to lower their levy, and so um, I was glad to get that relief, and um, that bill passed uh, very favorably mm -hmm. with um, bipartisan support. Good. Well, it's 546, and you're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1400 and 99.3 KLIM. Senator, um, one of the things that you share with me before we started the show is other legislation that you've been working on, some intriguing ones. One of them is LB, I think, uh, 1270, uh, regarding law enforcement and retention. Let's talk about that, because that's been in the news quite a bit as far as, you know, our police departments, sheriff's departments, state patrol not having enough people to actually work for them to fill the roles that they need filled. Um, and you're working on a bill that actually can help with that. Yes, I actually did introduce Lovely 1270 this year. The Fraternal Order of Police came to me saying that they're shorthanded and they need and they're losing people and they need a way to try to encourage retention and hiring so that is a law enforcement retention bill which um, started July 1 and July 1 next year if they stay one year in Lincoln they'll get $750 the smaller departments it rewards them a little more actually harder up in the rural areas, they get $1,500 by staying one year. And then, then in the rural areas, 
If they'll stay three years, they'll get $2,500. If After they stayed five years in a department, $3,000. Hmm. And also there is money for hiring bonuses, say uh, they could get maybe a $5,000 hiring bonus if the crime, crime commission says their department is understaffed if they have vacancies. And so that bill, I worked with another senator who also had a recruitment part, and we put them together. Uh, it's been hard to transfer out of from out of state to into Nebraska. It took at least six months to really get certified, and that bill is going to make it so within 30 to 45 days you'll be able to be in law enforcement in Nebraska. Hmm. Um, and we've seen we're going after uh, law enforcement officers in other states that yeah. haven't been so friendly. There's been some uh, removal of the qualified immunity from law enforcement in Colorado. The governor said there were 100 law enforcement that resigned after they lost their immunity, their liability protection, and he wants to bring them into Nebraska and tell them how friendly we are for law enforcement. Well, that's a good work. I know that'll impact a lot of people, and I know it's uh, on a lot of people's minds. I mean, security in general, uh, just in here in Lincoln, I mean, things have been getting crazy (laughs) a lot of stuff going on we're just like going it's happening every week where you know the safety is being threatened of our citizens and so anything we can do i think you know to help our law enforcement is so important what about harassment you've been working on some bills regarding harassment which i think is intriguing to me yeah i I didn't know this existed (laughs) well i try to uh, bring bills that don't grow government bigger but fix problems right we had a call from a police chief in my district who said, I have a young woman who's got an ex-boyfriend who's um, sending her text messages that are threatening and harassing, but we checked the law, and a phone call in Nebraska, uh, harassment by phone call was illegal, but it didn't talk about text message. It wasn't Mm. really a phone call. So I did bring a bill and worked with another senator um, on the other side of the aisle, and we uh, added text message or a, a photo or a sound uh, that could come through a cell phone is now um, a violation and it could be a $500 fine or 90 days in jail hmm. for harassing somebody with a phone. And uh, actually, when I t- talk to young people, pretty young people are getting phones now and there's a lot of bullying going oh, on yeah. in schools. And I tell them, well, there's a bullying bill that I brought, and you could go to jail for 90 days if you uh, send a text that's too threatening. Wow. So how do you report that then? Is that just, would you report to the authorities yes. that that is happening, yeah, and then the they would take it from there? They would be able to arrest a person if they you know, see that it's up to that level of harassment or intimidation. Right. Well, you know, um, we're going to shift gears just a little bit from that. I grew up in Albion, which is about two and a half hours north northwest of here, and all through grade school, leading up to, I thought it was around fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade, um, there was a field trip that we would take that we were all excited about to take to the state capitol. So that was a big day for us, and we loved it. I mean, it was just, it was eye-opening for me from several different ways. Number one, from an architectural standpoint, but then understanding just more about our government. I know, looking at your Facebook and your Facebook feed, that you're very involved in working with young students to kind of help them understand the political process and taking them around the capitol. What does that mean to you, and why do you spend so much time doing that? Yes, whenever I find out that we have a fourth grade class from my district, I uh, make time to make sure I meet with them. And I want them to figure out that um, Nebraska has a similar uh, setup to the national. We have executive branch, 
legislative and judicial. And we do in Nebraska, and it's really helpful in the state capitol when I'm standing with them at the north entrance on the second floor. Well, down the hallway is the governor's office. All the way down uh, to the south end is the Supreme Court room. And in the middle is the legislative. And so we talk about the different branches and who is the head of each of those. And I think it's very important for them to be involved and understand how the government works. I especially like to tell them about the checks and balances. For example, I'm on the Appropriations Committee, and the first time I was on that committee, suddenly the governor's chief of staff comes in my office saying, hey, we've got a budget of a few million dollars, but we need to have you approve it. And then the chief justice of the Supreme Court came in my office. I've got a budget of a couple hundred million for all of my judges and parole officers, and I would like for you to approve it. Well, there are separate branches, but they can't spend any money until the legislature approves Mm -hmm. it. And so that's a a way we have checks and balances, and I like to point that out to the kids. Well, I love seeing those pictures. I love seeing the involvement in that and getting them involved. Uh, And the other thing, too, is just the Capitol is just an amazing facility. Uh, Usually I like to at least once or twice a year just go there and kind of walk around and kind of soak things in. And I want to encourage our listeners, if you haven't taken time to do that lately or have never done that, um, go to the Capitol. It's open to the public to be able to to walk around and enjoy. And and do you get to see a lot of people uh, and, and meet a lot of people from the public while you're in the Capitol as well? If I'm not rushing to a meeting and right. walking in a hallway, I'll just stop and ask people, where are you from? And, you know, they can be from Washington State or right. Colorado or a lot of people visit from uh, even other countries. And I then I like to show them where I work in the, in the uh, legislative chamber and where my seat is and also about the unicameral, which is different than the other states have. And I, I enjoy seeing the people and uh, their interest in the building is uh, very well built and it's beautiful and I, you don't get bored being no. in the Capitol every day because there's so many different things to, to look at. Yeah, that's great. If people want to get in touch with you in any way in regards to your campaign or just in general, um, how can they do that? I have a website, SenatorClements.com. That's C-L-E-M-E-N-T-S. SenatorClements.com is my website. They can uh, contact me that way. And you do a lot better pronouncing that than I did during the show. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in. It was a pleasure. This was a great hour, and uh, I just want to encourage people to go back and listen to the podcast of it at KLN.com. So thank you so much for coming in, Senator. Oh, thank you, Doug. I have my pleasure. Absolutely. It's been great. Well, it's 5.54, and we're going to take our final great break, and then we're going to wrap things up here in just a second. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 and you're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. At 558, it's currently 91 and sunny in Lincoln on Drive Time Lincoln. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the Commander. Commander's going to be back in on Thursday. Johnny, you're going to be filling in tomorrow. Uh, yeah, what specifically of. are you going to do? Uh, just play some best of of the Commander. Um, just play a couple clips, talk in between, and... Uh, 
That'll be tomorrow's show. All right. Sounds good. And then uh, Jack will be in on Thursday and Friday of this week. Well, we're going to close out the week, being in the mid-90s, and the weekend's going to be around 100, uh, so you know about the weather there. And then also we want to give one more plug for the big give. Uh, Union Bank and Trust are doing a great job with this campaign. They're giving 10 nonprofits in Lincoln and Lancaster County $100,000 each. And uh, you need to go vote, though. That's how they're going to uh, receive those funds. So uh, to get more information, all you have to do is go to KLIN.com. That's KLIN.com. You can see a whole list, I think, of 58 uh, nonprofits that are currently being nominated, and then they're going to uh, open up the voting this Friday. Then you're going to have a couple weeks to vote, and also during that time you'll be able to go in and see each nonprofit, understand what, they're, uh, what they do, what they stand for, what their bio is, and what they would use the money for. So, again, if you want to help them get $100,000, all you have to do is go to KLIN.com to get more information. Well, we want to thank today's guest, uh, the Senator, coming in. We appreciate that. And Johnny Cadillac, thank you so much for producing the show as well. Uh, you're listening to uh, Drive Time Lincoln. Sports Nightly is up next on 1499.3 KLIN.